Welcome to Aging in Place Strategies and Answers with Linda Prio. Will it be possible to remain in my home as I age? Do I feel safe in my home? How do I figure out how much support I will need when my health needs start to change? What if I decide to move into a community instead? Which community will meet my needs now and in the future? Who will play a role in helping me with decision-making? Do you ask yourself these same questions? Aging in Place Strategies and Answers can help you gain practical knowledge that will help you create your own Aging in Place Roadmap. If you are already a care partner, a power of attorney, or in crisis mode with your Aging in Place strategy, you will learn what you need to know that you don't know. For over 20 years, I have been marketing Aging in Place services to clients and educating families and healthcare professionals in how to put aging in place strategies into place. When you utilize aging in place, you are allowed to choose where you want to live and make those decisions so that you can retain your quality of life. Welcome back to Aging in Place Strategies and Answers with Linda Prio. The last time we were together, we were going to be looking at the rights of seniors so that we could learn how the rights of seniors are protected. And the reason why we're doing this is so that we can easily spot if a senior's rights are being denied and then to know what to do with that information so that we can act as a senior watchdog. Another reason why we were taking this time to learn what seniors' rights are is so that you and I don't inadvertently deny their right of choice and their legally protected rights. And sometimes I wonder if a particular topic is important uh, to bring up in a podcast. And I just want to let you know that I am right on target with this. I had a great conversation with a colleague the other day whose family was caught right in the midst of this. And it left hard feelings on all sides. And the end result was that the seniors' rights was were not really being protected as they should. And believe me, they did everything necessary and possible. So as I have said, these podcasts are guidance. They are not advice. And I am truly sorry if you have to walk into one of these minefields that can occur when being appointed as a legal representative and also being under the scrutiny of other family members, but also being in a situation where you do have to be that senior watchdog and make those calls. But I just want to encourage you that this is the right thing to do. Know your what is going on with your senior know 
what their rights are, know how to protect them and stay involved. They may say they're fine and they may tell you that they don't need you, but there is nothing like a personal visit to see what is really going on with your senior or the person that you're a legal representative of. During COVID, this was especially difficult for us to figure out how to provide care when we really couldn't get in people's homes. So enough said, but just know that this is an important topic. And so my next step with you is to share the rights of seniors so that you can easily spot if a senior's rights are being neglected or you and I might be in danger of inadvertently taking over when they actually can be involved in decision making. So a senior has the right to be treated with consideration, respect, and dignity. And to be respected and recognized as an individual, not as a group. Everyone is not the same. So seniors have the right to... to be free from abuse, neglect, exploitation, and the misappropriation of their property. They also have the freedom to not be physically or chemically restrained. They have the right to quality of life, and they have the right to exercise their rights without interference, coercion, discrimination, or reprisal. They also have the right to a home-like environment and the use of their personal belongings when possible. Equal access to quality care is also a protected right and that their possessions are secure. The next right of seniors is the right to self-determination. And here is where our relationships with our seniors can get particularly testy when we don't actually particularly like the way they live or want to choose to live. So just listen, and then we're going to learn a little bit more and talk a little bit more about this. But they do have the right to self-determination. They have the right to choose their activities, their schedules, their health care, and providers, including their own physician. And we, as the representatives, need to allow them reasonable accommodation of their needs and preferences. They also have the right to participate in developing and implementing a personalized plan of care that incorporates their personal and cultural preferences. They also have the choice about designating a representative to exercise his or her rights. And that's very important. They also have the right to organize and participate in resident and family groups. And they also are protected when they choose to request, refuse, or discontinue treatment. Now, Self-determination and the right to choose how they want to live, even when it's different than your choices, can be a challenge. And when a senior exercises their right to self-determination, 
it can put a strain on relationships. In my experience, we have had to explain and remind well-intended, loving, and caring family members of this particular right, even when they can see the dangers in their decisions, or we as professionals can see the dangers because we understand it is the right to choose. However, danger to self and others is real. And as mandated reporters, we might have to take the necessary steps to report what is going on to the Department of Health and Human Services. And remember that these reports can be anonymous. And when we make these required reports, or we make these reports out of an interest in keeping our loved one or neighbors or friends or others that we see safe, please remember that this is not punitive. This is helpful because the Department of Health and Human Services will then do their investigation and be able to offer the senior and the family or those responsible for helping the senior with decision-making the kind of resources that are needed at this time. Now, I will say that many of you are thinking, Linda, what's the chance of the Department of Health and Human Services Bureau really actually coming out and seeing what's going on or following up? And as professionals, we all get discouraged sometimes when um, we don't see action. But it has been my experience that when the police department is called to protect the senior from themselves, and multiple reports are made by interested neighbors, um, friends, social workers, and family members, the department really steps in. And so I have seen this personally, and so it has to be more than one person making that call. So if you are a family of many, everybody make the call. Or if there are situations where you need to repeatedly call the police, that is when we're going to see a little bit more action in the life of a senior. So danger to self one more time means that if the person is not able to care for him or herself and is likely to inadvertently place him or herself in a position of danger or is likely to suffer harm, that is what it means danger to self or others. And As I've said, I've had to make some of these calls as a mandated reporter, and I'm really thankful for the investigators who stepped in and provided resources so that the situation could be stabilized. A senior also has the right to be fully informed of the type of care that is going to be provided in their health plan. They need to know the risks and the benefits of their proposed treatments. A senior also has the right to be informed of any changes in the plan of care, in medical treatment, or their health status. This information should be communicated in a language or a manner in which the patient 
fully understands what information is being presented. So if you're in a hospital or rehab or doctor setting and you need an interpreter, then that needs to be put into place for you. If it's a situation where spoken information is not heard, it should be in a printed format. But it's very important that even a legal representative might be in place if the patient requests that and if the patient doesn't understand the information being presented. And in all honesty, in my personal life, I have been in care plans where my mother was not present. I don't even think she was invited into the room and she should have been included because she was a decision maker. So this is an area where I should have requested her to be involved in those decisions and to hear what was being shared in that room. In a hospital setting, remember that um, if there needs to be a time arranged where everybody gets to hear the same information that your loved one has heard, you're going to need to speak up. The senior has a right to raise grievances, to present grievances without discrimination, retaliation, or fear. And there should be prompt efforts by the facility or the setting to hear those grievances and to provide some sort of resolution and preferably written. Seniors have the right to access um, inside a community and outside the community. Even if they're a resident and the community is licensed by law to provide care, they are able to leave and go to activities outside the facility or be involved in the community. They are allowed to have the visitors of his or her own choosing at any time and they have the right to refuse visitors. And in strained family relationships, this can be problematic. So here's an area where they have the right to choose who visits them despite how you feel about it. They have a right to personal and medical records, and they have the right to have assistance if sensory impairments exist. And you would have to go all the way back to one of my first podcasts where my cousin was talking about her mother being unable to hear and how difficult it was to communicate what was going on in her health, in her community, in the family, and for decision making. And the other right in this area that is protected is they have the right to participate in social, religious, and community activities. A senior also has the right to manage his or her financial affairs. They also have the right to privacy. Privacy regarding personal, financial, and medical affairs. They have the right to private 
and unrestricted communication with any person of their choice. And they have the right to privacy during treatment and care of personal needs. They also have the right to know about discharges from hospital or skilled nursing, and they should be prepared to know what next steps are and where they will be going and the right to choose where they will go next. They also have the right to appeal a decision by Medicare and your social worker or your case manager in the hospital can help you with that process. Now that we know the rights of seniors, I think we're going to be better capable of spotting if our seniors' rights are being violated. We will be better able to help them if they are practicing self-determination, but it is putting them at risk. And we will all know what to do if we see a senior that is um, being financially emotionally, or physically abused by another. If you have been appointed as a decision maker legally, or you find yourself in a decision making role as a friend or relative, here are just a few things to keep in mind. Know what your role will be, and if you will be paid for the time you spend in that role. Read the legal documents that name you and also what that means. Know where the documents will be kept and who the lawyer was that created them. When I have asked people about their legal documents and who would be financially liable for the bills or who will be responsible for making the decisions when a senior becomes unable to do so, I really don't always get a great answer. So I know that either it's been created and nobody knows what the documents say, who created them, or where they are, or they haven't been created at all. And as healthcare needs change, this can be problematic. The time to get to a lawyer is before there is any dementia but definitely when you think your loved one might need some help in the future with decision-making. Along with the challenges associated with an aging mind and body comes the need to grapple with today's complex medical, legal, and insurance systems. Families struggling in their roles with their senior adults can get frustrated when the senior is unwilling to make a decision or when the senior has dementia and the tail starts wagging the dog. Remind yourself that your senior has rights and to include them as much as possible. But knowing what areas of decision-making your senior is struggling with is key to you being helpful and also respecting their rights. This next illustration uh, represents one family Particularly the daughter called me complaining about the situation that her family was in with her father 
particularly, he had mid to late stage dementia. His physician had uh, confirmed the diagnosis and even told the family that it was time to plan for the future. The wife, being a wonderful, loving wife, asked the husband if he would like to move into a senior living community. And of course, he said, no, I don't want to move anywhere. So we tried to mitigate some of this by offering the opportunity to go to an adult day program that was specifically a daytime program that uh, was for folks with dementia, and it would give the family and the wife the respite care that they needed. The wife and daughter went for that opportunity and they tried it. But when the mister left the adult day program, he said, I don't ever want to go back. And that was the last time he attended the day center. Time went forward and the daughter called me back and said, we're still in a bad place. Dad does need to be placed. We can see that. Mom is losing her mind over care for him. And we are also having difficulties providing the respite care as a family that they are needed now. And I explained what I had explained to her originally is that it was time for them to have a third party go in and help them with assessments so that they would know exactly what decisions needed to be made and then have some choices and a roadmap for the future. Well, they reluctantly but finally agreed to spend the money for the independent assessments. And while the nurse care manager was assessing the father, she was also assessing the wife. And we found out that the wife simply did not have the capacity to make a decision on placement or care. And the value of that information helped the family to finally come to terms of where they, their parents were and how then to move forward in being helpful. So I share that because you're going to end up in a situation and it's nice to know that first of all, you're not alone. And second of all, there's solutions, but yes, doing nothing is not the same as making a decision. In other cases, seniors simply cannot see the forest from the trees because the decisions that will need to be made will affect their future, possibly together as spouses, but they will definitely precipitate change. And we are all alike in this. No one likes change. If your parents want to stay together, Please help them to do so and respect their rights. I cannot tell you how often medical professionals have said to a spouse, you need to place your spouse. And yes, they probably are correct, but maybe it's time to for both spouses to move. But it, it's wise to consider the situation and to get professional advice. Because remember, that's what this podcast is all about. It's about knowing about aging in place. It's about knowing that you have the right to make these decisions. You have the right to have the information that you need to make these decisions and then to try to uh, have a quality outcome from your decision making. 
Thank you for listening today. And as always, I like to end with a caregiver tip. So my tip for today is to remember to include the person you're caring for in the decision-making process so that their rights are protected and they are treated as an adult and not as a child. There are times when you might need to make more decisions, but include the senior in the decisions that they can still make and narrow the choices down to two choices. See if this helps you maintain a respectful and well-balanced relationship with the person you are caring for. As always, caregivers, thanks for all you do. Thank you for joining me today. Please remember that this podcast is intended as guidance and not advice. Share this podcast with friends and family who are currently in crisis mode or with people who would like to start developing their own roadmap for aging in place. Listeners, if you would like a deeper dive into a topic discussed during a podcast, please subscribe to Aging in Place Strategies and Answers where you will be able to access premium content. Or if you would like to suggest a topic for this podcast, please contact me at lynda.agingstrategies at gmail.com. As always, I value the time you spend with me.